Welcome to the weekly message from Rama Family Church. It is our hope that as you listen to this message, you will come to know Jesus better and be established in your faith and equipped for the work of the ministry. You can view the sermon notes and listen online at rhema.org.au forward slash media. We're going to talk about praying. Tony, um, can you just talk to us about the baptism of the Holy Spirit and uh, the evidence of speaking in other tongues and how... How is it that you received? Yes, so uh, I grew up denominational church. And, of course, I wasn't born again. And then I received Jesus as Lord. Now, before I received Jesus as Lord, my brother Joe was already saved. And he already was speaking in tongues. So he was just, uh, unusually, he was saved. And he was filled with the Spirit within you know, 10 or 15 minutes of one or the other. You and know. no one really talked to him No, he was it. all, he, we had a business back then in Ohio. He closed the business down and the doors were closed and he was in our office and he was watching television. And, uh, and so he watched the 700 Club, if you remember what that was. And Ben Kenchlow preached the gospel that night. He received Jesus and then on his own, he received the Holy Spirit and began speaking in tongues all by himself. He locked, the, he closed the business down, just went out, you know, locked the door and drove home. And uh, so then I found out the next day that he was saved and, and he was telling the family, he said, I have a prayer tongue, which was really different for us because what, what's a prayer tongue? And so my brother, John, who he's, um, John is six years younger than me. And, um, and back then, my brother, Joe, was quite the brute. And my younger brother, John, started to call him prayer tongue. And then he even changed it to twink tongue. And um, so he was persecuting my brother once in the living room when we had company. I've told this story. He was going prayer tongue. And, and I was sitting with my parents in the kitchen with uh, uh, some people that were visiting them for Christmas. And there was a big boom on the floor. You know, and we, we grew up in Ohio. We have basements. So, you know, there wasn't concrete. So when you fell on the floor, it was suspended. So, I mean, it like shook. And then I heard a few body punches, you know, really, you know, when you punch somebody into the ribs and stomach. And I went in there and my brother John was laying on the floor going, huh. And I looked at Joe and he said, Christian anger. <laughs> and um, he, he was still rough around the edges. He was only saved a few weeks or months. And he said, he was persecuting me. And from now on, when people persecute me for being a Christian, this is going to happen to him. Of course, <laughs> he changed uh, really quickly. And thank, everyone should be thankful. He's not the, he's a big teddy bear now. So, but I was concerned and, you know, I thought he was in, we, we thought he was into a cult. But, so I followed him and, and you've heard the story. And then I ended up getting saved. But I did not, when I was saved, I did not receive the Holy Spirit and speak in tongues like he did instantly. And so I would go in my bedroom and I would say, Lord, fill me with the Holy Spirit. And then I would just go like this and I would wait for him to move on me and move my mouth and tongue and nothing ever happened. And, and I didn't know why, because without teaching, you don't know. So then, uh, and then I was afraid to leave uh, at the time. I thought it was the one and only Catholic church. And I thought if I left, something bad would happen to us. I mean, we were led to believe that lightning would come out of the sky and kill us. So, um, so because I, was, I wasn't under any teaching, I wasn't Filled, I, I was not yet filled with the Holy Spirit. So then there was a, we found out about a charismatic movement in the basement of a Catholic church in Niles, Ohio, the next town over. And I thought, well, since it's there, you know, God won't be upset if I go to that. So my brother Joe and I went, and they brought in a Protestant minister, you know, and he, he was protesting because he wasn't, you know what I'm saying. And, uh, and so he actually was brought in to teach on how to be filled with the Spirit. And he went just through it really simply. And I, I just, to, so I could remember, I put a few notes down. He first of all just went through scriptures about those that were filled and they spoke in tongues. But then he covered something that I thought was important about if you ask the Lord for the Holy Spirit, he's not going to give you something you didn't ask for. And that's in Luke 11, 11 to 13. He, he said, you fathers, if you children ask for a fish, do you give them a snake instead? Or if they ask for an egg, do you give them a scorpion? Or, and of course not. 
So if you sinful people know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your heavenly Father give the Holy Spirit to those that ask? So that was something that had to be settled because you hear people talk and saying, oh, that's of the devil. So when I saw that, I thought, if you ask the Lord for the Holy Spirit, he's not going to give you something devilish. And then he went into 1 Corinthians 14, 14, and he gave some scriptures. If I pray in an unknown, an unknown tongue, my spirit prays, but my understanding is unfruitful. And so then he it kind of explained that about the spirit praying. And the Amplified says, my spirit by the Holy Spirit prays. And he just said a few things about that. And then I really began to understand that if you're baptized in the Holy Spirit and you speak in tongues, it's like supernatural and you can pray with your spirit. And then he went to Acts 2.4, and this is really what was the icing on the cake for me to, to be filled. And, and that says, and they were all filled with the Holy Ghost and began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. And some translations say they began to speak. And so then he emphasized that when you're filled by the Holy Spirit, you're, he, he's not going to make you speak, but you have to take that step of faith and you speak. And I, I think for a lot of people, even like we're going to talk about different kinds of things, we're not going to spend a lot of time on this, but I think for a lot of people, um, they, they, they get maybe confused like I was, and they're waiting for the Lord to do more than he's going to do. And so there's a, a statement that Brother Hagen made, and he said, on the day of Pentecost, the Holy Spirit gave the utterance, but the believers did the talking. And so this minister just encouraged when he, he did a few little simple things. And then he said, now I'm going to pray for you and I'm going to ask the Lord to give you the Holy Spirit. But then you have to speak and the, and the Lord will give you utterance, but you do the speaking. And so that's what happened. And then it was really some people start off full blown tongues like in, in it's real. The whole language I started off and it was so simple and he covered that. And I want to encourage anyone if you uh, maybe you you've done this before and it sounded too simple and you thought maybe that wasn't God, but mine was very simple. It was like da la 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 la. That was like my tongue at first. So your mind could think. Oh, you know, anyone um, could do that. Brother uh, John Osteen, that would have been Joel's father. Mm. John Osteen, I remember him giving his testimony when he got filled with the Holy Spirit, and he only got one word, and it was otolio. Otolio. A lot more complicated than that. la, la, la. <laughs> but I think you've covered some really important hindrances to people receiving yeah. because yeah. Uh, the first one that you named was that you wait for the Holy Spirit to make you speak, and you addressed that, that actually you, you're yeah. the one that, that speaks. I went into my bedroom every night for I don't know how long asking the Lord to do that, and nothing ever happened. Yeah. I, I did the same thing. I, I was just waiting for something to shake me and to... Um, yeah, to take me over. And um, so I think that is a really important thing, that people realize that uh, that it is your mouth and your tongue, and you do the talking yep. as he gives the utterance. The second thing that you mentioned was um, that uh, from Luke, the seventh chapter, was that um, Jesus assured that if you ask for the Holy Spirit, you're not going to get anything else. No. So that helps people just relax, don't you think? Yeah. That... Um, you're not going to get something that is not God. Yeah. Yeah. And even along those lines, uh, uh, Brother Hagen talked about um, another denomination in his hometown that was, they were against speaking in tongues. But the pastor of that church says, I have to acknowledge the fact that these Pentecostals that speak in tongues, they're, they're actually better behaved and, and their, their Christian conduct is really good. And, and so, the fact that when you say, well, the, the devil gave you that, but is the devil making Christians have a better witness and have better behavior and conduct? Well, that doesn't make sense because I know that I was dating an unsaved girl and, and it's like she was there all along and it's really weird how the devil works. My best friend told me about his cousin that was like half Italian, which he thought that was attractive to me because I was Italian. And he, he told me about her and that she would like to go out with me. Why didn't he tell me before I got saved? That was after I got saved and she was available all that time. So I started to go out with her and she made it really clear that she'll never leave the Catholic Church and that she'll never be in the ministry and she'll never serve God. And, and But I was starting to like her. And then I, got, I was filled with the Holy Spirit. And it's like I called her this, like when I got home from the 
from that meeting in the basement of the Catholic Church, and I said, like, here's the thing, you know, like, I'm going all the way with God. You're welcome to come. If not, you know, it's over. She goes, I'm not coming. I said, goodbye, and that was it. And I came. You know? Yay! Yeah. Yeah, and uh, he yeah. called. He called me up right after she called him, and he cussed me out, but uh -huh. I didn't care. Oh well, I'm blessing him out. Praise the Lord. I'm glad that happened. Now, um, so now, now that you've been filled with the Holy Spirit, what year was that? That's been some a lot of years oh, ago. It was in nineteen uh, something seventy nine. Nineteen seventy nine. So, uh, so your value in other tongues, um, what do you place on it? I mean, you know, it is really valuable to a believer, but now do you just, have you just checked it like a box, like, okay, did that, bought the T-shirt, or what is the value now that you place on praying in other tongues? It Not just that initial experience, yeah. but the ongoing. And, 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 you know, sometimes, like, what happens with Christians is, they come up and, and they actually do what I did, like la, 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 or otolio or whatever that was, <laughs> and then they're done. And it's like, that's it. And um, it's real easy to fall into that. And I just encourage anyone, if you haven't been uh, using your prayer language and praying in tongues, I really encourage you to get back into it because there, there's just so many benefits. Well, it was a, a stepping process for me. So as I started to look in the Bible, I saw, you know, somebody that I respect a lot was the Apostle Paul, and I saw the value that he put on tongues. So um, that's how it all started with me is when I saw what the Word said. And so, and then as I began to do it, I saw the benefits. So I, of course, began to value it. Yeah. So uh, do you only pray in tongues now i mean you really value it but you value it so much that every other kind of prayer is scrapped no i, I do both <laughs> um so for for myself and everyone's can be different in this and i i believe there was another prayer night and i believe that jenny was uh, talking about it and i have to agree the same thing happens with me now some people may start praying in tongues first i do that sometimes a lot of times when I pray for a certain thing, I go with the scriptures and I pray the promises and make a few decorations. Then I go in tongues. But what's really interesting, when, and I always pray, I do pray in tongues more than I pray in my understanding. And if I could say this too, it doesn't say to mumble in tongues. It says to pray in tongues. And so sometimes as Christians, we can just go into a mumbling. Lum, 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 lum. And there's, you know, like there has to be some fervency there where we're, our, our mouth is connected with our heart. So I've been practicing, especially recently, not to go into mumbling. It's like then you get lazy. And even we have a men's prayer group on Saturday morning, and we, we, just a few weeks ago we talked about the difference between mumbling and actually praying in tongues. And uh, we even, like this last Saturday, it was more intense. You know, like when I say intense, I mean fervency, you know, where we're not mumbling. You know, our hearts are connected. It, it, you know, it's just not to use up some time. So I, I, but so I do pray in tongues more than understanding. But what's interesting, and, and what uh, Jenny said a few weeks ago or months, however long it was, that when you, when you uh, actually pray in tongues, what happens is you're in the Spirit, and then the Holy Spirit might give you a promise or a scripture, and then you'll go from tongues backwards to understanding, and you'll have a promise or you might even get a declaration while you're in the spirit and you declare something and it starts to go back and forth between tongues and yeah, your understanding. understanding and tongues. And so that's happened. And even along those lines, uh, uh, there was uh, um, a minister again, it was brother Hagen. And, you know, he, uh, in his late, just before he, about a year before he went home to be with the Lord, he wasn't real careful about his diet. And so he had, onset diabetes type 2 diabetes came on him and he always had a certain set of scriptures that he went to and he usually always received his healing but he went the way he said it is I went to the scriptures I always used and I did what I always did but the diabetes didn't leave and it was like one of the first times and so it, it, he had a he was sick longer than he normal ever ever was sick which is about a year I think but then he was praying in the Holy Ghost, praying in tongues, and the same thing happened. He was over here praying in tongues, and the Lord took him back to a different promise. Or he, got, he received a different scripture than he normally used, and the Lord said, say this. Mm. So I'm not, I'm not, I don't, you know, so like in this particular case, he got 
something different than he normally did, and then he declared it, and he, he went home to be with the Lord without sugar diabetes. He, he received his healing. And, and so that's another, that's how that can work, you know. I, I love that. That is, uh, yeah. that's developing a real skill in the Holy Spirit, being able to, to pray in tongues and then with his help go back into your understanding inspired by him, uh, by things that you get while you're praying in other tongues. Can I back up to just one little deal? To you, back to mumbling, because I don't know who among us maybe has not mumbled in tongues, and um, but I I really do think uh, anything that we do uh, in the kingdom, we do by faith. Everything is by grace through faith, and it helps our faith while we're talking to God. I know one of the scriptures you're going to be sharing on is from 1 Corinthians 14th chapter, that when we pray in another tongues, we don't pray to men, we're talking to God. And you sure, as the creator of the universe, wouldn't want to just be mumbling to the creator of the universe. It's actually a bit disrespectful. So um, it uses our faith to remember we are talking to God. And so articulate, uh, as we would with our understanding, articulate in other tongues. That's so, so, so good. All right, though, uh, what kind of different kinds of tongues are there in the Bible then? Can we get into that? Yeah, the scripture, 1 Corinthians 12, 10, it says, to another various kinds of tongues, to another interpretation of tongues. So um, it started off, and with anyone here, you know, it started off with you when you were filled with the Holy Spirit. And you spoke with tongues. That's and uh, there's more than one uh, person in heaven that would be considered leaders while they were on the earth, as far as doctrine and theology were concerned. Pentecostal theology, that is, uh, that they say pretty much the same thing as when you are filled and baptized with the Holy Spirit and you speak in tongues. That's the doorway into the supernatural. So that's how we all start off, and so. Uh, the speaking in tongues and the praying in tongues, you know, we sometimes use that uh, interchangeably. But I know when I first was filled with the Spirit, I'd have to put that in a category. I was speaking in tongues. But I know uh, now that when I pray, I usually purpose to pray in tongues. And so I just have, like, different things uh, concerning tongues. You're, you're baptized and you come in, but then there's praying in tongues and that's after we're filled, we simply, I purpose to pray. That's really all I do in my heart. I purpose to pray in tongues. And, uh, and, and the, it seems like recently this happened to me. I was driving. I had about a half-hour drive to get to the church. And this, uh, has, this is the first time this happened, but you talk about kinds of tongues. I actually went into, it sounded like Chinese to me. And for like a whole half-hour from driving from Cleveland to Springwood, I'm like praying, I sound like a Chinese person, you know, and, um, and, and it just, I thought, wow, and it was like, no, it was like without any effort at all, and so that was like, I would say that was a kind of tongue, and so I, I was praying in tongues, I purposed to pray in tongues, but then the word of God, and I have scriptures on this, it says we can sing in tongues, we can pray in tongues. So there's praying in tongues for edification that builds us up. But then there's, and I, I do that when I pray in tongues and I'm built up. But then I purpose to pray in tongues. I want to labor for the plans and purposes of God, the kingdom. And I probably do that more than anything. I just want to be like a vessel. And I say, Lord, I want to pray out your plans and purposes. I want to pray mysteries out. And I, you can use me. I'm, I'm happy to do your business. And then I, I do that. And so a lot of the things I pray for, I don't know what I'm praying for. Um, you know, uh, you said something, if I can back up just a little bit, um, because what you're saying right now is really important, I, and we want to maybe iron on that a little bit. But um, you were talking about that... Um, different kind of utterance, like praying in, in Chinese. I remember 
this would have been years ago when I went to Rama and uh, Roy Hicks, I don't know if anybody remembers Roy Hicks. Um, and years ago, he used to be over the denomination of Foursquare. Anyway, he was one of our seminar speakers and he talked on this. He talked on different kinds of tongues. And just to help us enlarge our faith capacity in communication with God. Uh, to not just stay with the same prayer language and the same words, the same set of words that we may currently have. All of us have learned to speak more um, English words. We, we learn more English words as we grow up and we incorporate them into our, our conversation and we use them. Uh, but in other tongues, it's the same way, only it's even helped by the Holy Spirit. I still remember so well. I could even remember where in that Rooker Auditorium I was standing when we did this. He led us as a whole student body. He said, now we're going to, he said, I want you by faith just to begin to speak in, in, a, in a sound that's more, uh, that's completely different than your normal prayer language. Uh, be willing to pray right now in something that sounds more Slavic. Or more Latin. You know, we just, we went around the world. But what he did is help break down a, um, actually a self-consciousness that keeps you from really stepping out into different expressions of the Holy Spirit. And something happened then at that time, then, um, and I think maybe we'll cover it here, you're, you're going to touch on it, but it's different kinds of tongues where uh, in the book of Acts, the second chapter, when they got filled with the Holy Spirit, the people that were in Jerusalem at that time from different nations heard them speak in their own language. And so sometimes people speak actually a different language, an actual different language. I know when I was up in Papua New Guinea and um, different ones of us have done that, but when I've been in Papua New Guinea, they'll say, you were, you were saying these things in, in pigeon, and I don't know pigeon, but, but it came out that way. But probably what has happened more with, with me is that while I'm praying in other tongues, other people hear in their own language something that I'm saying. And, that, and so it can happen either which way. But the, the main thing, and I'm so glad, honey, that you brought that up, uh, when you're praying in other tongues and praying more often in other tongues so that you get over yourself, you get over self-consciousness, you get over the clock, you get over uh, what the, the normal rabbit trail in other tongues that you do, then you, you start coming into new things by the Holy Spirit. And uh, I believe all of us can do that. In fact, let's, let's, let's intend and purpose to do that because I think then you're, uh, what you followed up with was that your prayer to him, a lot of times you preface praying in other tongues with God, I, I, I'm going to be praying out uh, your purpose and your plan and I give myself to do that. And sometimes the rabbit trail Praying in other tongues doesn't accommodate that. There needs to be more expression, different expression. Wow. So I love that. Yeah. I encourage, um, I remember this happened about 20, 21 years ago, somewhere like there, and we were, no, that was, it's longer than that, because what's 1990? How long ago is that? That's 30, 30, 31 years ago. So about 30, 31 years ago, we were still living in the States, and we were both working uh, it, it, uh, in Tulsa at Rama and Keith Moore, we were all working together. So we just finished our Christmas vacation, and uh, 
this particular vacation, Keith decided not to take his Bible, and he decided to really just not do anything spiritual. That was probably the last time he ever did that. that I'm sure that was the last time, but we all learn. So it's like this is like, um, and but when we we just came back, it was the first day back, and we're just sharing around the table in the break room. I really didn't work in that department, but I was over there visiting her, and um, so that's why I was in her department. And so we were all just kind of in the break room. And Keith goes something like, man, he said, I just like totally for a couple weeks didn't read my Bible. I didn't pray. He said, it, it's like really your flesh likes that and it's taken me extra effort to get back. So I just want to encourage anyone listening, you know, uh, if you've gotten away from it, your flesh will fight you, but you can do all things. All things are possible through with him you can get back to that place where you start praying and uh, get fluent again, praying in tongues. It won't be so laborious, but sometimes when you get out of it, it seems like a little laborious to get back in. So I just encourage you, and even if you were filled with the Holy Spirit and you just really didn't practice it and allow it to develop, you can start right now. Just get back to it. And the way, the more you pray, it just happens where your language gets developed. Mm-hmm. And for me, I did. I gave it no effort to pray. When I prayed, in the, like, and it sounded like Chinese, it was like no effort. It just happened. I had no idea anything I prayed, but it was, no, it was effortless. But then also then getting in that, I, that question, um, I know I got a little bit off there, but there's like when you can pray in tongues for edification, that's building up yourself, but then there's like offering yourself to do kingdom business and you decide that you want to labor. And, and, and that's the kind for me, I, I just say, Lord, use me. So we, um, we have friends, that they, they, they are in Tulsa, Oklahoma. He did some Bible schools around the world that he, he closed down. But for a season, I don't know, five, six, seven, eight years, he... He was doing Bible schools, but we, it was before Rhema, they were not doing Bible schools around the world, and we prayed a lot together. We would have prayer meetings with him, and there was people that flew into town, ministers, and we just like prayed for hours, praying in the Holy Ghost, and then he just felt led to start these Bible schools, but he knew that there was a timing on them, and then once that timing happened, he said, we're done now, we closed down, but that, it's like, he said this, he said, I really think we prayed rain we uh, prayed the plans and purposes for rhema through and it's they're the ones that are to do bible schools and he closed his and isn't that interesting sometimes when we offer ourselves up for kingdom business we may be praying another denominations we may we don't know what we're doing we might be praying for the baptists that they win souls we don't know because god sees things much differently than we do and so when we offer ourselves up we, and may, say, you can use me as a vessel, and we're just doing kingdom business. And you use the word uh, labor, that there's, you just, you give yourself, you give, give yourself to the Lord to labor in prayer. Now, that can sound tedious and horrible, where are you? But what have you found really when you pray in the Holy Spirit, what have you found about that kind of labor? I, well, here's, there's a story that I heard that had such an impact on me. And again, you know, I, I, um, when, when I say that I was mentored by an, an older person, it doesn't mean he sat down and talked one-on-one with me. I, I went to every meeting that he preached at, and when I say I got mentored, I sat and I listened. That's how my mentoring came. And so, so he told this story about when he was praying in tongues and how like just he thought he said lord i'm gonna pray was it one hour and he looked and it was only like a minute or two or five minutes <laughs> the story's in a book somewhere so and it's been a long time so don't don't hold me responsible if i say a minute when it was five minutes and he thought only five minutes it seemed like a long time praying and but he talked about how he just kept at it and then there came a time where he said he had what he called like a gusher, a breakthrough. And then when he got to that place, it was like he was in a whole another realm. And it was very easy 
to pray in tongues. And then he said once he made that progress and got there, it's like he really didn't go backwards after that. And every time he started, when he started praying in tongues, he always started from a higher place than previously. And so I wasn't there when I heard that, but I remembered it. So when I moved from Ohio to Oklahoma, I I wasn't praying for long amounts of time. And then then I got to Oklahoma and I got around these people. And I had my breakthrough and had that gusher thing happen. And then when we used to work and serve that ministry, we would, you know, even if we drove all day to a place and set up, we still prayed one hour before every meeting. And most of the prayer was in tongues. We were just like thinking, Lord... And, and we weren't really praying for ourselves. We were praying like, like if Brother Hagen was ministering, we would pray for the ministry that night for an hour. It's like giving yourself over. Uh, you, that's another way to serve God where you're thinking, okay, I'm not the one that's going to be speaking, but I'm offering myself up as a vessel, and you can use me to pray for the one that is speaking. And it, it's just like we're, um, it's when we decide to be servants, and, and, uh, and even if we're not the ones that are out front I love that. So um, you said something really important, that this kind of prayer that you're talking about, this labor in prayer, really uh, for the kingdom of God, in the kingdom of God, and by the Holy Spirit, by his grace, really fueled by that. um, It it isn't so much prayer for yourself, is it? And um, uh, I think... You can get so uh, bored with praying for yourself quickly, you know. You can go through all the list of different things that you need, but absolutely, when you get to praying in the Holy Spirit and you have that breakthrough where you get out of self-consciousness and really become aware of the realm of the Spirit, um, the, the possibilities are endless, and you can pray for... I love how you said you can end up praying for people that you may not even agree with in your head, but in the spirit you connect with them. And so I think these are ways that, um, that the devil doesn't count on. He hopes that we all stay in our heads. There was an old uh, prayer that also was a mentor in Tulsa during the years we were there. His name is... Um, um, oh goodness, it left me. Phil Halverson, yes, thank you. And um, I was thinking of Ralph Hagemeyer. He's a missionary to Tanzania, East Africa. So, uh, but it uh, anyway, Phil Halverson. And um, when he would pray with the, by the by the help of the Holy Spirit, um, then God just takes you where. Ever he needs needs help when I'm talking about God needs help, not that he's broken down, but there's something that needs prayer, and he just simply directs your attention to it. But um, you can get so that you're not bound so much by uh, consciousness of your own life or your own needs, and you uh, become very much aware of and in love with the purposes and plans of God and you give yourself to them it becomes a ministry in prayer prayer becomes a ministry rather than just some way that you receive um, an answer from God of something that you need in your life you actually become a minister of the kingdom for the sake of the kingdom it's wonderful Praise the Lord. Now, we can go ahead and look at this question. What is the main difference in these different purposes of prayer? And, and I, before I get to that, I want to just say I didn't talk about the gift of the Spirit, tongues and interpretation. So I, I brought up, um, because I just said so many other things, but you, you're filled with the Spirit, you speak in tongues, and you purpose to pray in tongues. The Bible says we can pray in tongues, we can pray in the spirit. We can pray in our understanding. We can sing in the spirit. We can sing in our understanding. But then there is the manifestation of the Holy Ghost, the gifts of the spirit called tongues and interpretation. And uh, that can be done privately, but it's also a public office gift where it can be done behind a pulpit. 
And the Bible said, you know, if you're going to give a tongue, there, there needs to be an interpretation because uh, tongues and interpretation really equals prophecy. Usually tongues and interpretation, it, there's, there's simple prophecy, which is edification. It doesn't really have anything to do with past, present, or future things. It's simple prophecy edifies. Well, I'm sure there can be tongues and interpretation that's simple and edifying, but usually tongues and interpretation has a prophetic element to it. So to give out a tongue without an interpretation, it's incomplete. But tongue with an interpretation, it actually equals prophecy, but not necessarily always simple prophecy, or, which is edification, but it's a prophetic thing where it will reveal something, either something in the past or present, which is a word of knowledge, or the future is a word of wisdom. And so there's that gift, and, and, there's, and even with that gift, the person that gives the tongue out, and I've been in meetings like that, and, and just so you know, you know, because now that I've pastored, I, I think about the whole picture. The meetings that you're in usually like that, they're not on a Sunday morning. So a lot of times, you know, they're conferences that we were in. And, and it, sometimes it took four or five days to get to that place in the conference of meetings that were every day and morning and night. And it builds up to that. And so what happens a lot of times, and I understand this better now than ever as a pastor, that that somebody might go to that and they go, why isn't that happening on Sunday morning? And you think, well, did you realize you went to a conference and it took four or five days for the momentum to build up to even get there? So I just want to explain that because I'm so much for the local church. Um, but I've been even in meetings where there's tongues and interpretation and the tongue is like, like a, it sounds almost like an ethnic language, you know, and, and but the, the, the interpretation always comes in, of course, whatever language that, you're in if and I it was English for me and so that's another kind of tongue um, yeah that uh, we've we've seen the development of the gifts of the spirit the development of that tongues and interpretation the simple the simple tongues and interpretation prophecy simple prophecy the development of it can be so so really beautiful and become more and more precise in the exercise of it, when when a gift is used more and more and more, it's like a, like a uh, a tool, and you become more and more skilled with the use of it. And um, but the gift that Tony was talking about about divers kinds of tongues and interpretation of tongues, we've seen the use of that uh, from with people that have used it. Um, extensively and become proficient in its use and we've seen the that particular uh, combination of diverse kinds of tongues and interpretation of tongues um, used uh, even in acting out I, I'm talking w with drama and um, you think well that's kind of odd well, so were some of the prophets in the Old Testament. God had them act all kind of things out. But we've seen different things acted out. And um, in both the, the way that it's delivered in other tongues and then the way that it is interpreted. But as Tony said, and I think you said it really, really clear, uh, there is a, a, a stronger uh, anointing or there is a, a different... Uh, it, elevation from just simple prophecy of edification, exhortation, and comfort, it becomes uh, it becomes real proficient in a prophetic use of identifying something in the mind of God that has been or is going to be or something that is, and it's it's wonderful. And these gifts, Tony, I know when at, at home we talk about this, and at church he's talking about it more and more. We we love for these gifts to be in operation, and um, I was listening to something that Brother Hagen was teaching on here recently, and a, a good friend of his by the name of R. W. Goodwin had told him um, that um, when Brother Hagen said that this particular church was praying that the gifts of the Spirit would be in operation more and more and more. And R.W. Goodwin, who had a lot of the gifts of the Spirit in operation, said, don't they know that the gifts of the Spirit don't come in operation just because a church prays that they will be? He said they come in operation 
through faith. And so you have to talk about them. You have to know that they exist. And so even though not everything has to come out on a Sunday morning, they're then through prayer and through us corporately believing that the gifts of the Spirit would be in greater operation, then God starts making different platforms. This is a platform. These Sunday nights, Tony got it in his heart. It was a different place so that God can do different things that there just wasn't time on Sunday morning to do. Well, he's made another platform. I love that. And these are for the body of Christ, and a lot yeah. of times um, we want to see them from the pulpit, but they're for everyone. So I've had probably more operations outside the pulpit of the gifts than I do behind, the, like, in, because people out there need it. Uh, even, even like, I noticed this a couple years ago where it says if anybody's sick in the book of James, if anyone's sick, call for the elders and have them pray. And I thought, you know, because of, of my background, it was always like, doesn't somebody have to call that out with a word of knowledge? But it actually says for the church, because you, you don't need any signs if you're a Christian. If you're sick, go to the elders and ask for prayer. You know, but then when, I'm, when we're outside the church, a word of knowledge is a whole other story for somebody that's sick. So a lot of times we just you, we want to make sure we don't want to be entertained by that because if you're sick, make sure you go to somebody and ask for prayer like an elder and they lay hands in the prayer of faith. But I was just praying to visit somebody, and I had a half hour. Um, it was somebody that was, um, you know, close to death. And I'm driving there, and I prayed in tongues the whole way there, half hour. And, and here's uh, just the subtleness of when you're praying in tongues and how you can get a prophetic thing. And I thought, I wonder. And sometimes I get things, and I think, I wonder. But then when I got, when I, I went to where I was going, I had a coffee with I met a man, a friend, uh, and I we had coffee together as friends, but I talked about the person he was taking me to visit. And I said, and after we did some small friendly talk as friends, I, we got back to that. And I said, you know, when I was driving, I, I had this thing come up, and I wonder this about who I'm going to visit. Uh, it seems as though this person is going back into their past and they need a healing, but they keep going backwards on what they've done wrong. But I said, I don't know. It's just kind of there. And he goes like, he goes, funny that you should say, you know, there's this, and he was not real happy about it because he knows the Bible. He goes, there's a so-called prophet down in Sydney that began to tell her that that's what, there was something in her past you know, and, um, and, and, and so in this particular case, um, she was like pretty close to death, but that was tormenting her. So I get to the house and I share this with her and she did go home to be with the Lord. I lay hands on her, but then, uh, you know, after, you know, a few days, I find out from my friend that re helped her let go because when somebody says they're a prophet and they're making you think you got a bad pass and you're paying a price for it, that's not how you really want to go. So that was like real subtle the way that came, but yet prophetic. And so some, sometimes we just have to really take notes. Sometimes we could get something and it might, you think, I wonder, but it actually was very true and accurate. And so just to be sensitive and not when something, if somebody's face comes up before us, while you're praying in the Holy Ghost, I always think there's a reason why I'm seeing this person's face and just those kind of things and just to really be aware, you know. So it's more natural than... When you, get in, when you finally get in the Spirit, it's more natural than it is woo-woo. You don't, you don't feel woo-woo about it at all. It's just, yeah, it's, it's just really real. Yeah. Yeah. Do you want to go on to that question then of, of what is the, the main difference in purpose? Yeah, let's see here. There's so many things, and I see we're running out of time, and uh, so I'm just trying to think. That, uh, we didn't talk as much as I thought. We'd get into some things. But um, Paul, you know, in 1 Corinthians 14, 19, he said this, like, uh, yet in the church I would rather speak five words with my understanding 
that by my voice I might teach others also than 10,000 words in an unknown tongue. So this is, and, and let me say this, there's so much about this, and notice how thick this book is, and this is one of the more thorough books written on tongues. It's written by Kenneth Hagin. We have it. Lahima's here. She'll be back at, um, if anyone would like to sow like your, your tithes and offerings. She'll be back there, but she also oversees our bookstore. So we have these in stock, and if you're watching online, you can go to our website and order one of these, or you can even call into our office and order during the week, and we'll get it out to you. But this this explains just about everything, and you understand how thick that is. And so we're just skimming the surface tonight and not able to get into everything. But this is almost one of the things when Paul said something like this, and so sometimes it becomes a hindrance to people like, well, Paul, he's, making, he's not making a very big deal out of speaking in tongues. He, he's saying he would rather speak in his understanding. And so uh, when you look at this verse, Paul earlier said, I thank God that I pray in tongues more than you all. So why is Paul putting such a great value on tongues? I pray in tongues more than you all. But then he's saying, I would rather speak in my understanding. And so really what Paul's doing here, he's talking about a difference in purpose. And so what he's really doing here, he's saying when you're in church, you know, you need to speak in the language everyone understands because you're there to teach. And, and so church isn't like, it would be like, the Corinthians, as a matter of fact, they were so into praying in tongues that Paul had to correct them. He was saying, when you come together, if you're all speaking in tongues and there's a visitor, an, an unbeliever, they're going to think you're, you know, like you're, you're uh, what's the word that he used? Um, barbarians or something. I can't remember the word he used. And because it's like they're thinking, I don't know what's going on here. So he's like saying, there's a purpose for church. You teach in the language you're in. And then praying in tongues or that's for something else but what happens is then people think then you should never speak in tongues in church and for myself every Sunday morning when we're singing and worshiping I'm standing there and I'll sing the first verse or a couple verses I did it tonight and I sang with my understanding along with Madonna but then I, the second ver- the second time you go through or I'll start singing the, the in tongues I go with the melody but I sing in tongues so I'm praying, I'm singing in the spirit, but I'm singing with my understanding. And so you just have these different purposes. And so, so is church, you know, so you teach in the language you're in. But I'm saying this to say that it doesn't mean on a Sunday morning when we're worshiping and somebody, if you want to sing in tongues, I do it every Sunday morning, I sing in tongues. And uh, during certain times, if I'm not teaching or preaching, I might be like, like, praying in tongues while somebody else is doing it. So, I mean, it's just like we can purpose to do that. And um, so Paul said this in, in 1 Corinthians fourteen four. He said, the one who speaks in tongue builds up himself, but the one who prophesies builds up the church. So it's just a knowing what what's the main purpose right now. So you, you can build up yourself, but then for building up the church, you need to stay in your understanding and then, um, let's see, I'm looking, running out of time. I don't, I don't know if I can say more about that one, but just to summarize, maybe I can just summarize some yeah, things. Good. Yeah, that's good. So um, some of the things that we said here, we said this about tongues. It's a way we can have spiritual edification, 1 Corinthians 14, 4. One who speaks in an unknown tongue builds up himself. Then we can also, praying in tongues, we can, it's like praying away from our understanding. It says, if I pray in an unknown tongue, my spirit is praying, but my mind is unfruitful. And the Amplified says about that, my spirit by the Holy Spirit within. So when praying in tongues is supernatural prayer, and our spirits are praying when we pray in tongues. And so I really encourage if, if anyone is here and you've never been baptized with the Holy Spirit and you don't pray in tongues, you're actually missing a supernatural element. It's a supernatural element that God wants to give you so you can pray supernaturally. And so even if you heard a bunch of stuff about it's this or that, it's of the devil, you're, you're actually missing a supernatural element in your prayer language. And there's... 
it can actually save your life. You can get things when you're praying in the Holy Spirit, direction and things that can save your life. Um, and so then it's also, you know, praying, like when we talk about the different things, it's, it's praying in line with God's perfect will. And, and that's something that I didn't get to tonight, but it's in Romans chapter 8, verse 26 and 27. It says, likewise, the Spirit helps us in our weaknesses. And uh, for we do not know what we should pray for as we ought, but the Spirit himself intercedes for us with groanings too deep for words. And he who searches the heart knows what is the mind of the Spirit because the Spirit intercedes for the saints according to the will of God. So there's just certain things that we might not know how to pray. We might sometimes we might not know what to pray for. And we might not know how to pray, but see, that's the Holy Ghost will help us. And then when we pray in the Spirit, we can actually pray God's perfect will for some things that we don't know how to pray for. And so I really just encourage everyone, uh, anyone that isn't filled with the Spirit is a church. We want to help you. Uh, this book actually is a guide. There's a guideline on here how to be filled with the Spirit if you're watching online. And um, we might not be able to do everything at every service but every service we have altar workers here after every one of our services and they all know to how to help people to be filled with the spirit so even if you decide not to do it tonight if you're not filled with the spirit we definitely want to help you get there so you can have that supernatural uh prayer language yeah for those of you that are here that would like to be filled with the holy spirit jenny has some um uh, some pamphlets right over here that can help you if you just want more information on that, some other verses to just help walk you through it. Or if you have a friend or a relative who is hungry for the baptism of the Holy Spirit uh, and you just like to put something in their hand so that they can take, take a, a look at what the Bible has to say. Because the baptism of the Holy Spirit is experienced by faith. And faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. So those verses of scripture on the word of God really pave a way for people to not um, get into a place of begging and pleading, but actually into a place of, of just heartfelt receiving. It's really good. Tony has um, a desire in his heart. And we've just got a couple minutes here. Uh, that we can just pray along this line. And those of you that are online, you can join us in on this. And if you also have questions about being baptized in the Holy Spirit, um, you can hop on our website and contact us. And we're happy to pray with you. And um, we, we want you to experience everything that Jesus um, has asked the Father to give us this wonderful, wonderful person of the Holy Spirit and receive him in his fullness in the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Um, but uh, getting back to this, Tony has such a desire that it's just actually uh, become like a, a, a fire in his heart regarding um, children and youth being filled with the Holy Spirit. And having um, uh, our children and our youth uh, not just be um, real cavalier with, you know, with church and, you know, what they, we want them to have an experience with God that revolutionizes them. And so um, can you just lead us in prayer and let, let us, can we just target, and he's going to, He's going to pray in understanding, and then can we pray in other tongues about it? And I just believe that God is, is making some divine encounters with children and with youth, young adults, and, um, and there you have a baptism in, in the Holy Spirit that is fire. Praise God. Hallelujah. Let's, let's pray. Father, we thank you. Um, we're living in such a different world today for us that are older, and there's even different ways to communicate today uh, that, uh, that we desire that wisdom, uh, wisdom to navigate in our conversations with those that are younger uh, because there is a different way of communicating there, Lord, 
and our desire is to help them to see them fill with the Holy Spirit, yes. that they would uh, have that hunger and then they would begin uh, praying in the Holy Spirit, Lord. So I just pray that you would help all of us that grew up in a different time uh, and the way that we communicated maybe real direct and sometimes we might have even been, uh, in a sense, we could be pushy with our old ways but lord help us to talk to this generation where we can present things to them and it would be attractive to them and we could get through to them and then we could help them father to be filled with the holy spirit and and father help them along the way in that father we, we know that jesus is coming soon but we we don't want to see any generations that are lost we don't want to see things lost to an, no. we want to see these things passed on yes. so lord we we don't know how how we can everything we can pray we don't is is romans chapter 8 this is something lord that we're going to pray in the holy ghost now because uh, we can pray according to your will even more accurately so let's just pray in the holy ghost about this I'm just hearing the Holy Spirit say it's almost like God is so good and as I'm praying in tongues this comes to me and, and I feel like the Spirit is saying this he's saying man men women were never able to cause hunger in a person's heart for I am the one that causes people to hunger and so when you communicate uh, to those give them the thing that I have given you to bring the hunger and that's my word do not give your opinions out do not give why and tell them why you think it's good but go back to my word and present my word for my i have given my word and designed my word to create the hunger and my word and my spirit will create the hunger and that is how you will be able to help generation after generation for nothing has changed it, it, from the beginning until now, I gave my word, and my word will continue to, to do what I gave it to do in the beginning. Hallelujah. Thank you, operating in the Holy Spirit. And we do desire spiritual gifts. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. Praise the name of the Lord. Hallelujah. Well, you know what? Um, um, Tony's just really had this on his heart about people being filled with the Holy Spirit more and more and more. So uh, I'm just so thankful for this evening and opportunity just to talk about it again. Let's just talk about it again from the Word of God, looking at the Word of God and seeing what God has said and what God has done. Uh, let's put this into practice this week and... You'll find your car being the place of sanctuary where you pray in tongues. And, and your home is a place, a divine sanctuary, where you pray in tongues. And I tell you what, 
These masks have been a wonderful sanctuary. I just pray in tongues. Hallelujah. Don't even have to mumble in tongues under these, those things. So praise the Lord. Let us pray in tongues and stir up the gift of the Holy Ghost. It is the doorway into the supernatural. Here we go. There's some great days ahead of us. And uh, God's going to do great things. Let's just praise him one more time. Let's just thank him. Hallelujah, Lord. We just Hallelujah. give you praise. We give you glory. Great things are in the making. Wonderful things are in the making. And we get to be a part of it. Oh, thank you, Lord. Thank you for counting us faithful and inviting us into ministry with you. In Jesus' precious name, amen. Amen. All right. God bless you. The cameras are closed. Hey, I wanted to just say this one thing, too, because um, when we talk about laboring, I do want to say when David Sweet, sitting over here, received a, 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 like the doctor said, you have like three months to live, I don't think he was like saying, Lord, use me as a vessel to labor. He made his number one thing. He had to, am I right? You had to take care of yourself and give everything to feeding on the word. He's alive now. Like how long was three months ago? So I just want to be balanced. He's, to pray for other he's now he's laboring. We we pray together, and now David's laboring for others. But he first of all. So I just want to encourage you know, like make sure you know that you, you when you need something, you take care of yourself to get that balance. You know. Um, Very good. If you would like more information or resources on this or other topics, or if you would like to sow into this ministry financially to help us share messages just like this one each week please visit our website at brainer.org.au.